What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Gifted Hoops Podcast. It's your host with the most. My name is Gifted, and we're back for another episode. A lot of things going down in the playoffs. I know I haven't been on the pod, but, you know, each pod takes me some time to churn out. I appreciate all the follows, likes, subscriptions on the YouTube channel, follows on Spotify and other platforms, wherever you're hearing this. But we're officially back um, on this episode. We're going to be talking about each playoff series. I don't want to make this too long because we have a lot of things to get into. But make sure to, to tap in with the show. Again, likes, comments, all those things help me grow. Let me know who your picks for the playoffs are, who you think is going to come out. Without further ado, I would like to get right into this episode, man. So I'm recording this fresh off of the Golden State win against the Los Angeles Lakers in game five. I know the last time we did this, it was like game one type of vibes, but we're here. Um, First, I do want to say Golden State going down 3-1 was not a pleasant thing. That was a very tough game I had to watch where Golden State just had a lot of problems with their late game execution. Uh, Steve Kerr's adjustment was to insert GP2 into the lineup and it actually yielded a, a lot of great benefits. But in the second half, Klay Thompson couldn't make any shots. Um, GP was not on the floor during the closing minutes and we were not able to execute in game four, which gave the Lakers a three to one series lead. Uh, Steph Curry did everything he could, but ultimately at the end of the game, he could not score on Anthony Davis. He took some tough shots at the end and quality shots for him all night. And really all series long just have not fallen, even if they're wide open. But you would hope that Steph Curry being the greatest shooter he is, is gonna be able to convert those looks. But anyway, that's how we got to game five. Game five, the Warriors won. And at this point, when you're down 3-1, your number one priority is not to think about what's next, uh, things you've filled on, on the past. It's more so about keeping your poise and staying focused on the vision that is ahead of you. And I feel like this Warriors team was able to do this tonight. Uh, Jordan Poole has played bad for the majority of the postseason. A lot of people were really ragging on him last game considering he had zero points. He was unplayable. Two turnovers, he played 10 minutes. Not great stuff from Poole, but I still think they're going to need him to show up in those spot minutes to alleviate the non-Steph minutes in some type of capacity. And Steve Kerr still going to Jordan Poole. I think it's great to do that at a home game when you can, but also to give him the confidence to persevere and you know have some type of success and contribution to this team if we're going to come back from down 3-1. So I thought that was cool. I also think Jordan Poole played better. Uh, Didn't shoot the ball well still, but at this point, it's mainly just his flow and how he's playing compared to if he's actually being a really efficient scorer. I don't really expect too much from there. Uh, Klay Thompson, another bad shooting night. Uh, Started out two for eight, but he did have a lot of good plays where he took the ball, attacked the basket, uh, made passes out of closeouts. But the shooting has been very, very abysmal from Clay. I, I think his legs might be shot. You could argue the same thing for Steph, but ultimately, I really don't think we're gonna have a great sense of knowing what is gonna be what until we get to, you know, obviously game six and game seven. But the positive 
is we finally got a Draymond Green game. If you know me, I love the Warriors. That's my team. I support that team, obviously. But I've been saying all series long, Draymond has not had a breakout game for what he does in terms of getting people involved, yelling at people, being this enforcer type, uh, the heartbeat of the team really putting the energy out there to make people have poise, have confidence, to do what they do and accomplish things at a super duper high level. I, I wasn't really seeing that from Draymond for the majority of this series. I wasn't seeing the same intensity that I saw Draymond have when matched up with Sabonis in the last series. He wasn't really meeting that task, but in this game he did. He was barking at Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. He yelled at people greatly, which is what we need, you know, obviously. But also, he pushed the pace, man. Like, he, he looked aggressive to score. When Steph and Draymond ran their two-man game and did a, a pick and roll, Draymond actually looked to score. He rolled much harder to the basket on Anthony Davis and LeBron. And also, when he caught the ball and he had a, a mismatch on a Dennis Schroeder or, or even a D'Lo, he made a goal of it to go at those dudes who were smaller than him, attack them, try to get a layup, or get to the free throw line. And he did that. He was more shot happy in this game, and I loved it because ultimately, if you're going to be a non-spacer out there, you have to find other ways to impact the game. Draymond was able to do that today, so that was successful. Uh, Steph Curry continues to not shoot well from three, but overall, he shot 60% on twos in this game, I'm pretty sure. So he was able to really put his will on this game but I gotta be honest I think when you look at things from a 3-1 perspective all that matters is obviously we survive right so we're we're moving on to game six but ultimately a lot of people expect to go to state to, to be able to take this game some people spoke of it as if this is going to be a five game series and the Warriors would be losing in five games that's not the case but the pressure is on because now we have to go from go to state home, Chase Center, to the Crypto.com Arena, the Staples Center, Los Angeles, where now they have to go on the road, put together healthy habits, play really good basketball in the most meaningful game of the year. And what's so symbolic about this game, by the way, is the fact that Golden State for the entire season has struggled on the road. And now they're playing their most important high-pressure road game in the playoffs. And ironically, I've been saying this all postseason long, Golden State's best moments in terms of poise, control, and all that have actually come on the road. I mean, Game 5 and Game 7 against the Kings, Golden State showed that championship-level execution and attention to detail, even when... They didn't get contributions from guys that they needed. But what was excellent about the game five that was played tonight is Andrew Wiggins absolutely showed up. And we do have to give Andrew Wiggins some grace because, again, he hasn't played basketball in two months. A lot of his reps came from the King series, and he's just learning how to get himself back in the gear, back in the rhythm. But the defense he played on LeBron was excellent. He was a pest. He was really stopping LeBron from getting to the rim as consistently, making him have to settle more on the perimeter. But on the offensive end is really where we got the spark. We finally, and when I say this, I'm so happy, we finally 
saw some Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins two-man game pick-and-roll actions, and Andrew Wiggins was attacking every single closeout, going at Anthony Davis, put-back dunk for Draymond on, on Anthony Davis. Just the effort from Andrew Wiggins to really attack was key. And honestly, in a playoff series where Klay Thompson is shooting so abysmally and Jordan Poole is rendering on the unplayable side, Andrew Wiggins becomes really the only consistent guy who can take the ball and go attack on mismatches. And I've been saying that if, if, if Wiggins has a smaller guard on him, he has to attack that and take advantage of it. But I loved how even when he had Anthony Davis on him in some spots, how he attacked the basket and wasn't afraid. I feel like a lot in this series, and by the way, this is a testament to Anthony Davis showing why he's, he's probably the best defender in the NBA right now. But a lot of guys were just afraid to go up in the paint knowing Anthony Davis was there because he was blocking shots at the rim and just playing stellar defense. But now that they're bringing Anthony Davis out more, you're seeing the confidence of these guys to go at him more, to go to the basket, to try to score. And that intimidation factor is coming down from what it was. So for me, I'm very happy to see what I'm seeing from this Golden State team. But obviously, you got to throw game five in the trash. When you're down 3-1, you focus one game at a time, and now we're at game six. We handle our business at home. We were supposed to do that. We now have to steal a game from a team that is undefeated in the playoffs at home. That's what we got to do. So I'm really curious about the consistency of what we're trying to do. I think GB2, again, has to play high minutes. Moses Moody continues. And when I say continues, I mean it's continues to be such a positive force when he comes in he's reliable he's knocking down his threes he's playing defense he's he's running hard he might make a mistake sometimes with the secondary ball handling and passing but overall Moses Moody is everything for this team in his role and we're gonna need that if we want to win but ultimately we're gonna have to keep doing what we're doing because with these cuts off of motion were able to match the Lakers in points in the paint. Tonight, the Lakers had 52 points in the paint. Golden State had 50. So, like, being able to match that intensity is so critical if we're trying to actually win this series. So, a lot of good things, but in Game 6, you really want to see more of these things, more Steph and GP2 two-man game, more Steph and Draymond two-man game, more Steph and GP2 two-man game. But you also want to see them be able to execute on transition defense as well because if the Lakers are getting out in transition and they're getting to the free throw line and they're getting more second chance points they're going to beat a team that is relying on the jump shot especially when you have shooters like Steph and Clay not making a high volume of their three-point shots so for Golden State it's a team effort it's a team effort type of game as we know but you're going to have to have a lot of poise in those regards if you want to be able to still pull this series out down 3-1 that's just the truth of what Golden State is up against but great series I've been enjoying it a whole lot I want to take us quickly to the next series because again don't want to spend too much time on this podcast but I do just want to reintroduce some of these playoff series as they stand right now we have the Philadelphia 76ers today versus the Boston Celtics in a closeout game six at home in the Wells Fargo uh, arena. I gotta say, 
for the 76ers, they have performed at their level and even higher. They went into Boston. They took that game. A lot of people are going to say that Boston gave that game away. When you get beat the way Boston got beat, they straight up got beat. Their coach got outcoached by Doc Rivers. The adjustments were not there. And more than anything, Jason Tatum, as a number one option, as the number one player on that Celtic team, has to have more consistency if they want to win. He just has to. And in a game of that magnitude, a lot of their games go like this as it did in the regular season, where Boston is a really great team. I still believe Boston has the best top-to-bottom roster in the NBA. But when you go through these pains where you're shooting a bunch of threes, the threes are not falling, you're not creating consistent advantages, you're turning the ball over, things are not always going to go in your way. So for this team, you, you really want to see Tatum play better. You also want to see Jalen Brown be more utilized in the second halves because he always has great starts, but he seems to just fall apart as the game progresses. And in the game six on the road, their season is on the line. So I think that's going to be a very great game to see. As you know, my pick for the series before the series began was Boston in six or seven games. I thought this would be a long distance series. Unlike everyone else, I actually put respect on the Sixers. I think they can win this series. And my whole thought process on why I have Boston really came down to me not being sure of the health of Joel Embiid and of a James Harden, considering how James Harden looked against the Brooklyn Nets. But I always said that if James Harden and Joel Embiid are healthy and they're ready to go and they're playing at their powers, they can absolutely beat Boston. But because of that, I lean Boston. I'm not going to lie to you. My my head tells me to stick with my prediction about Boston, but I do believe that the Sixers are going to beat them tonight and they're going to end the series at home. I just think that the Sixers team has been a bit more consistent overall in the playoffs. I know not a huge sample size of games to look at, but for Boston, their issues have been the same issues plaguing them all regular season long. And they're expecting big contributions from their star players to come out here and take this game. But the way Philadelphia just asserted their will, Joel Embiid, hurt or not, seems to be extremely productive in this series. And if they lose, I don't think the Joel Embiid injury is something we can point to. I think Philadelphia has the best player in this series. I think Harden, even though he had two stinkers, has found a way to be productive and in control. And I just think that's a lot for them to overcome. And especially if Tyrese Maxey, who's had a very tough series, is finding his way, finding his rhythm, and scoring at a high level, it makes that team such a hard matchup for the Boston Celtics. So those are overall my takes on that series so far. I got to say, though, Joel Embiid has been very impressive on both ends. He's starting to really round his game into shape after not playing after he went down versus the Nets. But for the Celtics, this is a Jason Tatum legacy game, in my opinion. And obviously, Tatum is young, so there's a lot of time for him to grow, all this and all that. But ultimately, all NBA teams just drop, right? So Tatum and Brown have both made all NBA teams, which means they're both eligible for super max extensions. So Boston's success in the short term this year, especially with Jalen Brown's years on his deal reaching the end, is critical because they're going to have to make a decision 
And if you're not able to make it out of the second round, do you really want to bring both of those guys back at that price where it's going to be hard to outfit the roster with the talent that they have now in the next three or four years? I don't know. We all don't know. But what I do know is if they win and they're able to go back to the finals, then they're going to be able to have another strike at the championship. So this closeout game here is everything, the body language, the timeouts or lack of timeouts that are called by Joe Mazzula. We're going to have to see how all these things pan out. But I'm going to pick the Sixers tonight. I think they end the series. And then in the other series in the West, I got to say, Denver Nuggets versus Suns has been an absolute spectacular series. Uh, it's been very fun to watch. The shot making from Nikola Jokic has been spectacular. He is playing like he's the best player in the NBA. And I got to give him a lot of credit because he, he's been just sensational. They can't stop him. It feels like every time Denver gets a shot that they like on the offensive end, it doesn't really feel forced. Um, I'm seeing games where Jamal Murray is not as impactful, like having like nine point nights or whatever, but the impact of Yogi should just carry that team, rebound the ball, play make, score at a high level, knock down a three at a 40% clip in the playoffs. Jokic has been lights out, and we're seeing an all-time series from him. But on the other end, you're also seeing an all-time playoff performance from Devin Booker. I mean, multiple games of shooting 50% and up, highly impressive. Great percentages from the three, mid-range, pull-up shots, free throw line. He's also getting to the basket, getting out in transition on the other end. Booker has done everything in his power to put their team in position to win. And now it comes down to a closeout game where, if we're being honest, my question is not on Booker, but it's on Kevin Durant and the rest of their roster. And I know in a lot of people's 2023 playoff bingo card, you did not have Kevin Durant being the third best player in this playoff series in there. I thought Kevin Durant would be the best player based on how he played in the regular season and obviously what we know Kevin Durant to be versus a Devin Booker who, quite frankly, as good as he is, got embarrassed last year in the postseason by Luka. But now, the roles have flipped. Kevin Durant has not been at his level. He's actually been well under it in terms of efficiency. And if they're not able to get a great performance from him and Booker together, it really limits how competitive they can be in terms of winning. But what helps them out is Denver still has yet to take a game on the road from the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns role players have a capacity to play better at home. So tonight is a very big closeout game. If the Suns are able to win this game, then they force a game seven. And anything could happen in a game seven. But I'm sticking with my prediction. I said Denver Nuggets in six, and I think they will take them in six because I think their roster is better. In game five, what we saw is Booker struggled, KD struggled, Jokic did not struggle, he played well, Jamal Murray got some stat pad points in the second half, but it didn't matter because they got big contributions from Michael Porter Jr., and they got 25 points out of Bruce Brown. They can just kill you in so many other ways, and Jokic is going to have a good game, I feel like, every game that they play. And I think because of that, they're just so insanely hard to beat, 
So I think they're going to beat them tonight, even though they are on the road and they have not won a road game yet. So my official prediction is I have the Denver Nuggets in six games. I think that series comes to an end tonight. Make sure to tap in, by the way, because I will be doing a YouTube stream of both of these games tonight on the YouTube at Gifted Hoops. We're also have a Discord where we watch the games and interact with each other live for sporting events and other things of that nature. If you want in, uh, go check out the Discord on my Twitter, and that'll be there. Yeah, but I do want to get to the last series before we get up out of here. Um, officially, the New York Knicks versus the Miami Heat. I got to give the Heat a lot of credit. But I think you have to give the Knicks a lot of credit as well. I mean, going down 3-1 in the Garden, they fought very, very hard to keep that game. But to me, this game was really simply a Jalen Brunson game. Jalen Brunson, 38-plus points, did everything in his power to keep the Knicks alive on a night where their bench was absolutely abysmal. The Heath bench had 42 at one point, and their bench had six points. It was just crazy, but Brunson refused to die, and he kept giving them dagger after dagger after dagger, extending the lead until they could fully take the games. Butler had a great all-around game, but all in all, uh, Miami just had a lot of spots on, on the offensive end where they just couldn't make shots. They cut the lead from, like, 18 points to, like, one or two, but they just could not make that final run for separation to close them out. And because of that, we have a game six. Uh, for me, I, I think Run Randall has been abysmal in the playoffs. Uh, he turns the ball over a lot every game. Very, very tough shot making from him. And I just think overall his impact on the game just has not been a great positive for the Knicks. Uh, sadly, this isn't a new thing for Randall because he has had many different types of struggles for the Knicks in the playoffs before. So this is not a new script or a new story. But for the Knicks, you just pray that you can fight enough to force the Game 7 at your home arena. That series is 3-2 now, so shout out to the Knicks for fighting. But as I said earlier, man, I think the Knicks have a overall better roster than the Miami Heat. I think the Heat have a better coach, and they can out-execute what the Knicks do. And the Knicks offense isn't really a great offense. It's built around a lot of shot making, a lot of isolation scoring. And playing that way versus the Heat, especially if you don't have the same advantage on the glass and, and the three-point shooting like you did against Cleveland, makes it a difficult series. So I still have the Heat in six. I think the Heat are just going to out-execute the Knicks, and I think that will stay a constant. But overall, man, the playoffs have been so fun to watch. What I don't like last night, though, from the Golden State series is like the Anthony Davis stuff. Like, we got to stop, like, sh shitting on Anthony Davis because it's like he gets hurt from a forearm from Looney, and people are just acting so weird. Like, Anthony Davis plays through these injuries. He's been a dominant playoff performer all postseason long now, and he got hit in the head and damn near got a concussion from him. Like, to me, you got to respect that and respect that guy for – for trying to play through a lot of his nagging injuries in general. But also, it's just a freak accident. Looney's not a dirty player. He plays physical. But on that play, it, it was an accident you know, thing that happened. And sometimes in a sport, that happens. But 
I feel like the toxicity is just taking over in, in a lot of these series. And I'm fine with that, right? I Listen, I love the toxicity in certain aspects. But at the same time, it, there's a line of everything. And I feel like for Anthony Davis to get disrespected the way that he is, man, he fights, okay? And he's been their best player. He, I have no doubt that he's going to be good enough to play in game six. But obviously, we got to see exactly how things look. But just appreciate basketball. That's the main point that I want to leave you guys with. Because so far, basketball has been great. And once the playoffs are over, we don't see basketball for a grip after this. Right? So, appreciate the support. But I'm going to catch you guys in the next podcast, next video on my YouTube. Again, Gifted Hoops. We got a lot of things in the works. So, I appreciate all the support. Um, I'm going to catch you guys in the next official podcast. I kind of want to cut this one a bit earlier. Because, A, I do have to go to work. It is super early in the morning, but B, I feel like the in-depth breakdowns I'm going to be able to have on Sunday where I'm going to be doing a podcast with my guy Derek and also my guy Tony to fully dive into like the breakdowns of these series at a later point. Because once Sunday hits, we'll have a great recap of how these series have gone, which teams uh, gave up 3-1 leads, which ones did not. That's what we'll be able to really speak on. So I'm, I'm going to wait on that. But... I appreciate all the support in the short term. Again, keep liking, keep subscribing, keep following, keep downloading the episodes on wherever you get your audio platforms from. It helps the podcast grow so I can start to monetize this content and really build myself up in this industry of basketball conversations. So I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out, people.